Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Little Women. We are three best friends who wanted to create a platform to communicate with an audience similar to our age, teenagers. We discuss relevant topics from significant movements to simple teenage issues that feel like the end of the world. Be on the lookout for our special guest episodes to hear about all the different kinds of people who have taken their time to not only educate us, but also you guys, giving an endearing insight into their lives. Uh, on today's episode, we are joined by Renata Degrella. Renata lives in New York City and works in the fashion industry. She runs a TikTok account that talks all about her life and how she got to where she is today, as well as her iconic New York Minute vlogs, where she shares a minute of her life living in New York. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we'll get right into the questions then. So starting at the beginning, could you tell us how someone could get into the fashion industry as a beginner? Yeah, so I think the best way to get into the fashion industry as a beginner is just to have fun with it and explore your interests. Like when you're in school, try to join any fashion clubs if they have any. And if they don't, like create your own or create your own blog or podcast or um, video series or something about fashion, just like kind of explore the industry that way from a creator standpoint, Um, especially when you're younger, like when you're in high school and early college, like that is the most you can do to really boost your application. Um, And I also think like, volunteering at like local boutiques is really great when I was in North Carolina which is very far very different from New York City um I built connections with local boutiques who sold the brands that I really would hope to work for someday and I got to learn a lot about the industry from their buying team and being ambassadors for them so those are all great ways to kind of get into the industry when you're young and also far from New York City Yeah, that's really good, actually. There's so many opportunities and so many different things you could actually do. Um, Well, internships is actually something you can do. We had quite a few questions about internships. Yes. Um, They're obviously highly important, but do you have any advice on how to actually get a fashion internship? I always give the advice that networking is the number one thing that you can do to get into, get a great fashion internship. Um. The industry is actually pretty small. And as you move your way up, like you will connect with many different people. And it just networking is the number one way. Like at the beginning, I started out by just reaching out to people on LinkedIn who graduated from a university um, and trying to get coffee with them and ask their advice. And I built those connections with those people and they were able to often give me recommendations or give me some amazing advice. Um, So yeah, networking is definitely the number one way I think to get an internship and also doing those local experiences to boost your resume um, is also a great way. When you're getting your first internship, once you start getting internships, um, that will sort of just build your resume even more. Yeah. Well, we saw on your TikTok that you now work for a fashion company in New York. Um, could you tell us the process of how you got the job and what it entails? Yeah, so I work at the brand coach. Um, I'm a production assistant, so I basically help plan and execute photo shoots. And all of our images end up on our social media pages, on our website, in store. Um, my day to day is really 
a lot of like Zoom calls, planning photo shoots, and then handling samples, like like most fashion entry-level positions, sample tracking is super important for those who don't know what that is. It's just basically managing all the product that you're, that you're going to shoot. So I used to work in PR and that really meant sending it to publications to shoot. But now that I'm in-house, like doing it for the brand, it really just means we're shooting the product ourselves. So I'm in charge of like literally thousands of like purses and clothes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and making sure that they make it to set and are shot in the correct way. Um, also booking studios and doing research for shoot locations, um, invoices, like booking stylists, booking models. Like that's really my day to day. As for how wow. I got, yeah, as for how I got my job, um, I moved to New York City after graduation and was an intern actually at a different company. I was at a fashion PR agency. And after about three months of being an intern, they promoted me to an account coordinator position. I unfortunately did not love being in fashion PR, especially in an agency setting. And I knew that like, well, I couldn't really sustain like my lifestyle and the salary they were giving me. And I just wasn't happy. So I started looking around and I saw a posting at coach and I had just so happened to have met a girl who went to my college who had the position before me and I met with her for coffee again and she referred me and I applied and that's how I kind of got the position I went through the interview process and everything and got it about a week after the referral and everything so wow that's how I ended up at coach So what's your favorite part of your job or just the fashion industry in general? My favorite part of my job is definitely when we get to do like the more like glamorous things, like working with celebrities and doing fashion shows. So I often get to work with celebrities. Sure, I'm at the very bottom of the food chain, by the way. (laughs) Like I do not have a a lot of say or any say really in... um, what our shoots are like just because I am just at the assistant level but to just be there and learn from my bosses and learn from the people around me and to watch celebrities like our ambassador J-Lo or Michael B. Jordan or Meg Thee Stallion just do their thing and like it's just so incredible to see and the same goes for fashion shows I did a lot more fashion week stuff when I was in PR but just to watch a collection go down the runway after seeing like the design team and everything put their heart and soul into it is just like such a beautiful thing so those are my favorite parts for sure yeah so obviously you're living in New York um do you have anything that you really like about the city because you did you say you came from North Carolina well, I'm originally from New York. I was born in Queens and grew up on Long Island, but I went to North Carolina for college. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what's your favorite things about New York? And, like, maybe there are some things that you don't like. Can you just, like, talk to us about that? Yeah. So my favorite things about the city is definitely that you'll never run out of things to do. There's always a new restaurant, always a new pop-up, always something exciting going on, um, whether it be, like your favorite band just came into town for a concert or something or like um I don't know like there's just like so many things going on all the time especially pre-coronavirus yeah um you just would never know where like a night could take you 
when I also really love food. Like, I'm a huge foodie, so I love trying all the restaurants, and we have some of the best restaurants in the world. <laughs> um, so that's definitely my favorite parts. My least favorite part would definitely have to be cost of living. It's super expensive, mm. um, which I, like, it's definitely tough to navigate, and also how dirty it is. Like, <laughs> New York is one of the dirtiest cities in the world. Like, and I've, like, traveled quite a bit, and, like, compared to, like, other major cities, like, London and Tokyo and, like, Shanghai, even, like, it is just filthy. Like, New York is disgusting. <laughs> um, I have seen too many rats in my lifetime. <laughs> is there anything that you think that tourists miss out on? So, like, obviously, it's not going to be the exact same because New York's so big. But is there, like, a main thing that visitors miss out on? I would say, like, maybe, like, people watching. I feel like my favorite thing being like in a more like local neighborhood and like being at a coffee shop or a restaurant just like watching New York City just like it's hard to describe (laughs) um and I feel like tourists usually come to very like chaotic areas where they're surrounded by other tourists and you don't get the same like feel and vibe as opposed to like locals are able to kind of like really soak in like the style and the feel of New Mm -hmm. York City um yeah no there's some amazing spots there like one of my favorite one of my favorite Italian spots that are like kind of affordable my family always goes there when they come and visit um yeah. is like Tony's in Napoli <laughs> and they serve like family style Italian which is like definitely on the cheaper end mm. of like the New York spectrum and yeah. the food is amazing like every single time well, they come in for like a Broadway show or something like I we always go there so what would you say to someone who doesn't live near a big city like New York but still wants to get into the fashion industry? What kind of things can they do to get started? I would, That's like one of my most asked questions on my TikTok and I always tell people that the oppor- there are opportunities there in smaller towns, whether it's shadowing the buying department of a small boutique, um, joining your school's fashion magazine, or just starting your own kind of blog or magazine or something. I feel like we live in an age where everything is at our fingertips, not just to consume media, but also to produce media. And I think that people in smaller towns who may not be right next to New York City can definitely still have fashion in their lives by creating their own opportunities. Um, Also, networking is still totally possible, especially with the internet and LinkedIn from smaller towns so definitely building those connections are still possible um via zoom and linkedin and all of that kind of stuff yeah i feel like there's quite a few things online as well whether that's like online courses or things you can learn about the fashion industry um which is quite good for someone who can't exactly get to new york city (laughs) exactly and like a lot of people always ask me like like what should i do which fashion career should i like go down like like marketing buying merchandising whatever um and if you're in a small town like you can easily just go on youtube and research all of these careers like um vogue i think it was british vogue did an amazing um series with like alexa chung oh yeah where yeah yeah, (laughs) they go through all the different fashion careers and what everyone does it's a little bit old now but you still get a pretty good idea of everything. And just watching stuff like that is a great way to kind of immerse yourself in the fashion industry before you can really be there in a major city. Yeah. 
Um, so you kind of just touched on then um, networking. So how would you um, go about networking? Have you got any advice, um, especially for people who are just starting out? Um, I would say my biggest advice for sure is to not get discouraged because you will message some people and they won't message you back mm-hmm. or like you'll message them a few times and like plans will fall through and like it like won't happen, you know, um, but people are busy. So you have to be super respectful of their time. Keep things short, sweet, come prepared with questions. Um, my intro is always like, I usually only reach out to people who worked at the same company that I've worked at or have, um, graduated from the same university or was in the same sorority as I was in. Um, and I always just have like a short little introduction, um, ask them to meet for coffee or have a call or zoom, um, chat and just come super prepared to those meetings um, you want to be able to ask them questions that you can't find on Google, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's my biggest advice is definitely to be prepared and don't be afraid to just reach out to people. Yeah, definitely. So what do you kind of get out of a, like a networking connection, would you say? I would say the number one thing that I get out of most of the networking calls and meetings I've had is definitely just like, information and knowledge about the industry and Mm -hmm. like kind of different paths of how people got to where they are and I can take elements of their stories and try to incorporate it into my career journey the best that I can most networking um connections don't lead directly to a job but I think that the knowledge that they pass on is definitely even more valuable than a referral for a job um because a lot of the advice I've gotten helped me to succeed once I got to my internship once I got to my job um helped me through the process of like figuring out how to look for these jobs um and then obviously like when you do get a referral or something like it's amazing and it definitely is super helpful for when you're going through the job search um yeah I would say that would be the biggest takeaway from these yeah so um apart from having connections then Um, is there anything you'd say helps someone to stand out when applying for a job in the fashion industry? I would say just really emphasizing in your interview that you are willing and able to go the extra mile and no task is too small or too big. Mm -hmm. Um, A big thing that people don't realize about the fashion industry is that it's actually like a lot of like really busy, hard work. And they need someone who is willing to um, just rise to the occasion and really operate well in a fast-paced environment Mm -hmm. Um, and just be able to do anything. Like, I remember when I was in PR, they would kind of like, one of my supervisors compared it to being a waiter in a weird way. Like, sure, there's the glamorous parts where like one moment you're like ushering celebrities in and stuff like that. But like, if they need someone to pull a bunch of samples onto a rack like you you have to be ready to rise to that or like even like clean up the showroom and stuff like that before a client comes in um so like you can't have this like kind of I would say like snobby or like elitist kind of attitude you just have to be ready to do whatever um Mm -hmm. to make your goal work yeah yeah definitely 
Well, originally you started university wanting to go down the medicine route. Yes. Um, what changed your mind? <laughs> was there like a really important moment for you where you just thought, no, this isn't something that I want to do? Um. So when I was pre-med, I just was honestly just not really doing that well in my chemistry classes. And it was mostly because I didn't really want to study for them and I didn't really care about them. Um, and the idea of being a doctor kind of just became like like a chore almost like it was like mm. this never-ending journey that like they're like I wasn't seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and I honestly spent a lot of my time um just being online like watching through those Electra Ch- Alexa Chung videos like reading about fashion learning about fashion and I realized that like even through high school and everything, like I had always had this part of me that wanted to be in like the media fashion world. And it was time that I like finally like embraced that. Um, And I remember having a conversation, like my school had an internship there where um, the people in the media and journalism school all talked about their internship experiences. Um, And I spoke to a girl who was at a fashion PR agency and she, her main client was Versace. And I remember listening to her speak and was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is perfect. Mm. Um, And from that moment, like, I totally switched gears. And I finished up my class um, because I had to finish that. It was too late to drop it. Um, I actually didn't end up doing that bad. I think I got a B in the (laughs) class, which is kind of incredible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll never forget analytical chemistry. But <laughs> from that point on, I just went full into fashion. Yeah. Well, that's really cool because you were learning through other people about the fashion industry and now people are learning through you. Exactly. So it's kind of full <laughs> yeah, I've definitely come full circle. <laughs> I also consider myself like still learning. Like I still like go on networking calls and dinners and everything like pretty often. Um, yeah. And now that coronavirus, well, coronavirus is still very much like present and everything. So I can't really meet that many people in person, but the people that have been around that have social distance and everything, like I've had like two or three networking kind of um, touch bases with some people that I know in the last month, which is kind of great to kind of get back into the swing of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's kind of easing back to normal. Yeah. Um, do you have any personal advice then if someone's feeling unsure of their degree choice that like, would you say it's worth pursuing passion over security? I think it's such a personal choice and decision. Um, I do think that like when I was choosing my career, I definitely I definitely chose passion over security. Um, and I would I think I would still do the same. But I also had a lot of very special circumstances that I feel like definitely helped me. Um, But it's just so complicated because it is hard to make it in major cities with no money. Mm -hmm. Like when, like it really, you really do need the security, especially if you have things like student loans, which I do. Like when I first moved to New York, I was working in fashion PR first as an intern and then as an account coordinator, but neither of those positions pay much above the minimum wage. Um, And I had to work a second job and I worked seven days a week and was working nine to six. I was exhausted. I still went out with friends because you also like move to a new city. Like you need to meet people or else it's going to be even more lonely. 
Um, and I was pushing myself and my body and everything to just like fit in all of these things. And honestly, like around this, like six months of me being in New York, like I was totally burnt out already. Um, and I was not happy and I was like, it's just so hard. And at that point, like I, I was thinking to myself, like, did I make a mistake? Um, and I went to a talk cause I was also still going to like panels and talks to like meet people in the industry. Um, even though I was like literally working like all the time. Um, and I went to this yeah. talk and it was the head of marketing at Tibby, which is like literally such a good brand. They're a smaller brand, but they're so amazing. And to see someone in like an executive position, tell his story. And he was saying that when he first started in the fashion industry, um, he was a FedEx like shipping person at night. And like, he would literally not sleep. And he like for like years, would be packing boxes at FedEx just to make his fashion dreams come true. And I realized that like for, like, for some people that may be a reality. And like, if you really, really love the fashion industry or like what your passion is, um, you'll do anything to make it happen. And it'll be still better than sometimes a lot of the security yeah. jobs. Um, yeah, I completely get that. Yeah. Well, if you hadn't have been successful turning fashion into a career what do you think you would have done if you hadn't have had this job I think I would have went to law school honestly like that's why I my second major was political science um I probably would have done something in that realm and still would have tried to like incorporate fashion into it um so I probably would have done something like intellectual property law um where a lot of there are a lot of lawyers in fashion houses that do that kind of stuff because obviously you're coming up with new designs and yeah. copyrights and things like that are super important. So mm-hmm. I probably would have done that. Um, I purposely had a backup plan for that. Um, or I actually been really interested in like a lot of social issues and stuff like that. I could like a lot of my political science classes that I took were surrounding like diversity and feminism and stuff like that. So I probably would maybe try to find a, um, area of law where I could help those kind of causes yeah that, that's really interesting so I found you on my TikTok view page with your one minute New York vlogs um what yes. drove you to take your fashion advice onto a platform like TikTok well originally just kind of like my New York minute vlogs were just like me showing my day in New York City and I felt like I saw a lot of day in the life that we're mostly like bloggers and they obviously have a very, very different lifestyle than like, I would say like a normal, an average New Yorker, like who just goes to work and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so I want to kind of show that side because there are many different like New York experiences and like, I figured mine was different than what most people see. And then people started asking me in my comments, like a ton of questions about like what I do and how I got there. So I just started like making videos um, kind of explaining that and giving tips um, to younger students and yeah that's kind of how I started giving the fashion advice yeah um, so you also created a YouTube channel um, do you hope for your channel to have the similar com- content of your TikToks or would you like to go like a different way with it I would like for it to have this like similar content to my TikTok just like more long form and like just like I can give a lot more there just because there's time to. I feel like people see 60 seconds and like 
on TikTok and think that that's really like my entire day but like it's it's obviously has to be pretty edited down yeah um so I'm excited to kind of share like more of myself and like more tips like even my fashion tip videos on TikTok are so short like I can't really get into the nitty-gritty of things because they're 60 seconds um so I want to be like a resource for a lot of young girls who want to go into the fashion industry um and also just to show my lifestyle I would love to be more of like a lifestyle content creator yeah um where you guys could find inspiration and also career tips for all things like New York City yeah I mean I've watched your videos and I just want to move to New York now I'm sure everyone <laughs> else feels that way but yeah I'm sure there are so on the subject of social media for people starting in this industry would you consider Instagram a portfolio for an individual or do you think it's important when starting starting a career in fashion um, and would it benefit the individual to have social media like yours um honestly like it depends on the job but I know a lot of people in the industry who have very very small and private social media um kind of personas so I definitely don't think it's a prerequisite I think more for like design and things like that like graphic designers, art directors, like I do think that like people will definitely look at the aesthetic that you have on like your Instagram and everything. And for content creators, like produce like a lot of like digital producers and stuff, like having those as part of your portfolio, like your YouTube videos and stuff like that are definitely helpful. But for a lot of fashion jobs, like they don't care. I think sometimes they even prefer if you were more private on social media. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of people working, a lot like the bloggers that I see that live in New York City rely so much on Instagram and TikTok and things like that. So it's interesting that you say that you don't necessarily need all of that stuff to succeed. Yeah, like, well, if you're a blogger, like, you definitely do. <laughs> um, but if you're like, just like, have like a normal fashion job, not, it isn't always I would say like I see the biggest change in editorial where I feel like a lot of entry-level editorial people now are like micro influencers because they bring their following with them to publications um but I would say that would be the biggest change I've seen like the one job that I can think of that like really really cares about your social media presence um Mm -hmm. yeah so um Let's talk future for a minute then. So do you have any goals for your channel, your TikTok, or just your career in general? Like, what are your future goals, would you say? For my TikTok and my YouTube, I think that I would love to start producing more content. Um, I do only really do upload, like, one, like, vlog a day for the most part, and then, like, one career video a week. And I would like to amp that up a little bit, maybe introduce some new series, I just started a series on my TikTok called The Dollar Diaries, where I break yeah, down what I, I spend that. a day, <laughs> um, which obviously, like, definitely opens myself up to a lot of criticism, because my experience is obviously different than other New Yorkers' experiences, and, like, um, I do live in Manhattan, which is pretty pricey, so um, there definitely is some criticism along with that, but, like, I do enjoy doing them, and I think it gives people an idea of what they could spe- expect. Um, so I'd like to start more, um, series on both my YouTube and my TikTok. I'd also love to collaborate with more TikTok and YouTube creators. Um, 
I just met with another TikToker, like it's by Alexis, um, mm-hmm. who also does a lot of New York content um, last night. And she was super sweet. And I would love to continue to make videos with other creators like her. Um, and as for my career, I definitely would love, I think, to be in a more like producer role, if that makes sense. Like I would mm-hmm. love to be in more in video too. I'm mostly in um, photography right now um, for like a media company like Refinery29 or something yeah. where I could be a host and a producer and I can get a little bit of like the actual creation process, but also be on air as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like one of my immediate goals as far as like the future future. Um, I think it's totally up in the air. I feel like I'm still learning and still figuring out exactly what I want to do, but I hope that I still have a platform and can share all of my like journey with everyone. Yeah. So um, just quickly then, so you were saying about criticism on your TikToks. How do you kind of deal with that? And what's the type of criticism that you get on those videos? Um, so criticism definitely is very new to me. Like I was not expecting like my vlogs to kind of blow up the way that they did. Um, and I get a lot of comments that call me like a gentrifier or, um, like say like, this is fake New York. Like no one lives like this. And like, I don't think my videos are that outlandish. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like I'm going to like the fanciest restaurants every day and buying Hermes bracelets and like um, going to shop at Gucci. Like <laughs> I'm just waking up and throwing, not even putting on makeup. I'm just running out the door and going to work <laughs> and explaining my job and coming home and making myself dinner or going to have dinner with friends. I take the subway. I try not to Uber. Like I don't think my life is that crazy. So like it definitely is kind of, I think it's kind of crazy that I get a lot of that criticism. Um, it's been kind of hard for me, especially the gentrification comments, just because like I, um, my parents, like I was born in Queens and like my parents were pushed out because the cost of living just became too crazy in Queens due to issues like gentrification. So I moved to Long Island and I grew up in a pretty like poor minority community. I'm a person of color. Like I had a pretty hard start to life. And then I feel like when I had that start, like when I first entered the industry, like, people didn't like me, like, people, like, looked down on me because of, like, like, especially fellow interns, it was not really companies, like, I would say, like, definitely the other, my peers were very critical of me just because I wasn't wealthy, and then now, I guess, like, I graduated, I worked really, really hard to make it to where I am now, and then now it's, like, well, you suck because you live in Manhattan and are hashtag rich, but like, I'm really not like I work really, really hard. Yeah. And I try to show you, I try to show that. Um, but I mean, I get like, I definitely understand where they're coming from. Like the per- a person living in Queens or Brooklyn, the Bronx have, a, has a very different New York minute than my New York minute. But I also don't believe that those are like, like they don't invalidate each other like her yeah. their experience is valid and real and also my experience is valid and real it just new york has so many different experiences that are all realistic yeah exactly so. and you're just showing like like you said like 60 seconds of your life like people can't expect you to show every single person who lives in new york <laughs> So, exactly yeah. exactly you know it's just complicated <laughs> i do i also do have a full-time job yeah so this is just for funds like i like actually work crazy hours sometimes too (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay, so that is all the questions that we have for you today. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We've loved talking to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So um, do you want to take a minute to shout out your social media platforms? Where can people find you, your TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff? Yes. Yeah, so my TikTok and Instagram are both at Rendagrella, so R-E-N-D-A-G-R-E-L-L-A. And then my YouTube channel, which I just launched, is Renata Zagrella. And I'd love if you guys would look at my first video and subscribe. Of course. I will leave all of those links in the podcast description so our listeners can go and find those. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you go and follow Renata on all of those platforms. And also go and give us a follow on our Instagram, which is at the Little Women Podcast. If you want a chance to ask future guests questions or if you want to know when we've got a new episode coming out, uh, make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast. Rate us five stars. And yeah, that's it, I think. So thank you so much again, Renata. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Okay, bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.